Welcome back to Millie's Forum Radio here on WWDB 860 AM Philadelphia Talk Radio. Our next guest is director of the Islamist Watch program at the Middle East Forum, Mr. Samuel Westrup. Sam, welcome back. Thank you for having me. So what are Islamists saying about the coronavirus? Well, uh, let's talk about um, uh, what Muslims generally are doing across the country about the coronavirus. And, 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 and the, you know, the Middle East Forum draws a clear distinction between Muslims and Islamists. Uh, uh, Islam is a very diverse religion that ranges from perfectly ordinary, moderate, quietist Muslims to, on one hand, to jihadists on the other. Uh, and so, yes, some, some groups within American Islam are, are Islamists. Uh, many are just regular Muslims. Their response to coronavirus has been as varied as the ideologies that make up American Islam. Uh, so on the one hand, some groups uh, across the country have been very sensible. They're shutting down their mosques. They're stopping Friday prayers for the foreseeable future. They're cancelling events. Uh, they're cancelling study circles. Uh, they're reducing the risk uh, by, by practicing the social distancing uh, that the government advocates. Um, however, there is a group of uh, prominent clerics who uh, are repeatedly claiming that the coronavirus is divine punishment for humanity's actions. Um, now, these, these clerics who are making these claims tend to come from uh, a, a branch of Islamism known as Salafism, or they are Salafis. Uh, now, the, the, the best example I think I can give you is a imam in Colorado called Karim Abu Zaid. He's a very prominent imam based uh, just out of Denver, uh, who just last week said that uh, the coronavirus is a response by God to adultery, to indecency, to uh, homosexuality. Uh, and he, he says, and in fact, I'll quote him directly, Allah will infect them with diseases, plagues their ancestors never experienced. So this is, this is hard line. Now, hold on, hold on, hold on a second. What, what, what's this imam's name? This, this imam's name is Karim Abu Zaid. Um, yeah. And he is a Salafi imam based out of Denver. Do we, know if he's a, uh, do we know if he's an American citizen or if he's here on a visa? He's, a, he's an American citizen. He has been here for many, many decades. Um, now, he's not the only one. There are others across the country saying these things. And in fact, there's actually a bit of a, a, a disagreement going on, an argument going on between these Islamist clerics. On the one hand, some echoing what Kari Mabuzaid says, that this is a punishment for humanity's sinfulness. Uh, and then others who are saying, uh, uh, no, that this is a test. This is a test for both Muslims and non-Muslims. And although we both may suffer, uh, any Muslim who dies will still be a martyr and will, will go to paradise and so on. So there's a, there, it, there's a there's slight subtleties within the response, but there's certainly a, a considerable group of hardline terrorists who are blaming uh, this virus on what they regard as the decadence and the sins of the West. So there's these statements which are being made, but, but that, that's just the mouthpiece. In terms of the kind of traffic that's going on in social media and reaction to these statements, what are the follower of these clerics saying? Are they agreeing with them? Are they calling them crazy? I mean, what, what's the, the, the layman of the American Muslim community saying in terms of response to the virus? Right. So, you know, given that diversity of American Islam, um, uh, the, the, you know, there are many, many moderates within the American Muslim community, and the vast majority of them are being very sensible in rejecting this kind of this uh, apocalyptic rhetoric. Um, the followers of the clerics, however, these, of these particular clerics are echoing 
influence some of this rhetoric. They're using social media to to repeat these claims. And the, the, the example I mentioned to you of Karim Abizai, he's not the only one. There are other clerics and their followers who are, who are saying this too. Uh, some believe this is a the coronavirus is a response to the Chinese treatment of the Uyghurs. They think this is this this the, the, this is punishment for the what they say Muslims who are murdered, the women who are raped, um, uh, and the 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 oppression that China uh, ostensibly meets out uh, against Uyghur Muslims uh, in, in Western China. So so there's, there's a wide variety of reasons cited, um, and uh, a significant number who are, who are echoing these ideas. Now, that's what's going on here in the United States. What's the reaction overseas? And I'd be interested to know, especially in Middle Eastern countries, what are um, you know Middle Eastern governments saying about this? But but more specifically, the religious authorities there, because a lot of the imams here draw on their authorities from the madrasas where they learned, from their spiritual leaders, which are part of sects that are overseas. I mean, we see Iran; it's falling apart. Right? They continued urging people to go to the uh, center of the Iranian Islamic Revolution, the spiritual center of that country, what's happening overseas? Yes, I think the most um, uh, explicit rhetoric about the coronavirus does come out of Iran. Um, and the, the you know, not just Khamenei, but the, uh, quite a number of prominent scholars uh, clerics associated with the regime, the regime are also pushing this, this, this sort of the rhetoric that I just mentioned. They're arguing that yes, this is uh, uh, God's punishment for China, for, for China, uh, because they're to the Uyghurs. They're arguing that it's um, uh, uh, part of uh, an attack against the West. And so, and that, that, there was quite a, uh, an, an example cited widely on social media uh, earlier this week or last week was an Islamic scholar saying that anyone who gets the virus is guilty of great sin, and then. Uh, Supposedly, he then got virus. <laughs> Whether that's true, uh, I, I don't know. But, but it, it shows you that um, you know this. You know, Iran is an unstable regime with unstable beliefs, but they very willingly accepted this sort of the more global Islamist narrative about the coronavirus. Now, outside Iran, um, uh, I think if you know if the coronavirus had happened ten years ago, I think you and I would both be here discussing Saudi Arabia and what their clerics are saying. Right, but they, Saudi they, they, had mer- they had merged ten years ago. So maybe right. they learned their, their, their lesson. <laughs> Saudi Arabia is a very different place uh, today, and the, the 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 language coming out of the religious authorities there, as I can see, is much more measured, pretty sensible. Uh, that's not to say there aren't extremist clerics in Saudi Arabia; there definitely are. But they, I think, their platform to make such claims has, has largely been withdrawn. Um, so, so Iran, Iran is where the really dangerous rhetoric is, is coming from, and, and you know, the, the, no wonder the death toll is so high there when you have the clerical leadership uh, uh, assigning divine punishment or divine inspiration to the virus's uh, intentions. And it seems like, you know, a lot of these countries where they're assigning divine intervention or, or providence, if you will, or in this case, Islamist providence, for the reason why the virus took such a heavy toll on other countries is, is that they passed the Rubicon of what it means to um, to successfully intervene. You get to a critical mass of cases of, of the virus, and then that's it. You have community spread, and then you have to shut down everything. So there was this, um, uh, talking about shutting down everything, Daniel Pipes, the president of our organization, you and I, my, our boss, uh, tweeted out this morning a picture of Mecca and the mosque at Mecca with the Kaaba, one of the, um, the five pillars of Islam, the Hajj, you go to Mecca for Hajj, 
for your pilgrimage and it's empty. No one's there. So what do you think this, you know, dearth, this stop of Islamic religious life is going to do to these major institutions, whether it's Komen in Iran or Mecca in Saudi Arabia? That's a, a very interesting question. And certainly the pictures of an empty uh, Mecca, the empty, uh, 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 the empty square around the Kabbalah. What, what, so uh, t- t- tell, our, tell our listeners why that's odd. Well, th- this is, this is um, as, as you mentioned, um, Hajj, pilgrimage, is one of the five pillars of Islam. And every, every Muslim is required once in his life to, to visit uh, 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 Mecca to, and to pray, uh, to pray there. Now, this, this square around which Muslims uh, uh, congregate in, in their millions uh, every year uh, is almost always full <laughs> of people. And these extraordinary photos of an empty square are just really quite shocking to Muslims worldwide who see this as the very center uh, of Islam and, and where Islam is best represented. So I, I think, you know, and, and, and plenty of clerics and, and Islamic leaders have, have, have made the point that this is a deeply shocking image to see a, a virus simply negate the, the, the greatest expression of Islamic belief. Um, so, so yes, this is, these, these pictures have been shared widely across social media. Again, the, the, the majority of American Muslims have responded approvingly to these measures. They recognize the need to, to fight this virus. They're not echoing the mad rhetoric of, of, of the Salafi clerics or the Iranian regime. Um, but those few extreme clerics, those Islamists who are spreading fear and uh, distrust, uh, are, are using this to attack uh, Saudi Arabia. And I've seen their followers use this to attack Saudi Arabia because they regard Saudi Arabia now as a sellout to the West as something that is no longer pursuing the true Islamic cause. Uh, so it, it, no matter what subject we discuss, Greg, it always comes down to the, the, the internal politics of Islam and Islamism. Uh, there are always going to be extremists who denounce what the others uh, are doing. It's a very divided uh, community and things like the coronavirus simply uh, reveal those, those divisions uh, uh, further. There's actually a fascinating article about relating to the last time that a global pandemic affected um, both the West or what I would maybe call the Judeo-Christian world and the Middle East or what we would call then the Islamic world. And it relates to the um, the Black Death, the bubonic plague back during the Dark Ages. Now, there's this, you know, concept or, or this 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 myth, actually, that less individuals in the Middle East were affected by the plague than those throughout Europe, which killed millions of people. But um, there's this line here from the article that I want to share with you. And I want to I want to ask you what you think of the um, the Islamic feeling towards contagion or, or, or towards plague or towards pandemic is. Uh, I'll quote from the article. When the Catholic Church was filled with false prophets, superstitions uh, and uh, saints, uh, none of these worked to stop the black black death. It's no wonder why people lost their faith. However, in the Muslim world, namely Mamluk, Ottoman, Ikhanate and Timurid empires, lost just as high percentage of a population as the Muslim world world during the Black Plague. However, their faith wasn't shaken because the Quran never prom- the Quran never promised them any healing. So I'm not asking you to be a, a scholar on Islamic jurisprudence or on uh, Fiqh mm-hmm. in terms of doctrine, but do you think there's a difference between how Muslims relate to the to the coronavirus spirit through their spirituality rather than that of other religions? What what is is there a unique way in which they're relating to this? I mean, and you, you just said that you know we have a cleric in Colorado who's a signing blame yeah. on individuals because this is divine uh, punishment. So 
So um, even the clerics who are advising, uh, who are backing the measures to counteract the coronavirus and who are uh, urging sort of calm, responsible behavior, even they are citing the same religious scripture that the hardline Salafis are using to attack uh, uh, the West and China and such. Um, you have to, within Islam, you have a number of sources of religious wisdom. Uh, the most important is the Quran. Um, and then you have the Sunnah, which is the behavior, the, the practice of the Prophet Muhammad. And a lot of the, the practice of the Prophet, the Prophet Muhammad comes through something called a Hadith, which are the sayings of the Prophet Muhammad. And there are there are six sort of big books of these sayings. There are also then thousands of supposed sayings that are either regarded by some Muslims as authentic, others as forgeries, others as perhaps true or perhaps not. So there's a great deal of debate over what's true or what not and what is not. However, one hadith that is universally accepted uh, by by Muslims is a quote, is a is a is a response from the Prophet Muhammad when asked about plagues. And uh, the Prophet, when asked about this, said, "Plagues are a punishment that Allah sends upon whoever He wills, but Allah has made us a mercy for the believers." And then he goes on to say that anyone who dies uh, during a plague will be given the reward of a martyr. So there's a specific religious passage that. <laughs> tells us exactly <laughs> what plagues are and what's going to happen, which is is, is, is much more specific than, than the other Abrahamic religions. So so is, I, I'm, I'm keen now to read myself the article you mentioned uh, regarding the Bubonic plague. This makes uh, absolute sense that, 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 um, that, that, that Muslims would have quite a, uh, a prepared theological response to uh, what happened you know, 1600 years or 1000 years ago and what's happening uh, now with the coronavirus. That, the that's, pretty is, is, that's pretty amazing. That's pretty amazing. Amazing that you know if we look at um, the Jewish halacha, which is the uh, the uh, spoken law, Jewish law, or or the church's uh, canonical or, or, or canon, right, which is church law. That when we look at the hadith and the different uh, tenets of the Quran, that oh, we can talk about pestilence, we can talk about plagues, locusts, whatever else with the Ten Commandments, but a specific uh, reference to a plague and the aftermath of that—that's that, pretty amazing stuff. Yeah, I and mean, it's not it's not even the only uh, hadith. That mentions plague. There's another one that says, uh, you know, avoid the plague, but do not spread it either. You know, it's social distancing in a way practiced <laughs> by the by, by the prophet. So, so you know, the, 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 there is, and this is the thing about about the Quran and about the Ahadith, is especially the Ahadith. They, they there's so many of them. They practically had an answer for for you know, <laughs> most most uh, uh, troubling situations that occur in the world. And so, and so Muslims can always find a way. But, but uh, the, the Hadith, I I I, I sort of paraphrase. Uh, it's remarkable how two groups of Muslims can draw entirely different conclusions from that. One can say, uh, uh, oh, it's a mercy for the believers, uh, therefore it's a punishment, they infer, for the non-believers. While the others will say, oh, well, true believers must just be patient and, and calm and, and you'll survive. Uh, so, you know, this is, <laughs> this is here, right here, is the, the, the problem of religious interpretation and why extremists uh, can, can emerge from the same piece of scripture that yields the moderate. Uh, and the coronavirus is, is revealing that, I think, very sharply. So, you know, we, we have about two minutes left here, Sam. What should our audience be looking for from Islamist Watch? We were talking about our webinars and, and MEF's new activities for the next few weeks or, or, or God forbid, months when we are in this uh, semi-isolation, semi-closure. What should they be looking for from Islamist Watch in terms of new programs, new content?
content, new work that you're putting on. Give us a little bit of a preview. Yeah, of course. One of the things that Isms Watch is really keen on is explaining to the American public and talking to the American public about the nature of Islam and Islamism. It's not just Islam versus Islamism. There are hundreds of different sects within Islam, and there are hundreds of different sects that make up Islamism, uh, that compete with each other, that fight with each other, that work with each other. We want to explain some of these major sects. I mean, many of your readers would have heard of Salafis, I've just been talking about those, or groups like the Muslim Brotherhood, but there are lots more, and they're active here in America, raising money, setting up mosques and charities, involving themselves in political efforts. We want to explain some of these major groups and, and, and give and give you, know, you the listener, uh, a better handle on, on who they are. Uh, we want to look at some specific areas of activity, their involvement in politics, their uh, willingness to set up donor clubs and train political candidates and run candidates uh, for office. We're going to take a look at uh, terror finance, uh, the way in which American Islamists have set up 501c3s uh, to uh, uh, serve essentially as terror finance hubs, even though they do it in a way uh, that generally helps them escape the attention of law enforcement. Uh, we want to just shine a light on aspects of American Islamism that listeners might know exist, but you know, know very little about. Things that are either understudied by us all or things that are a little technical and usually counter-extremist uh, actors or analysts don't bother to explain fully. So we want to, you know, we don't want to treat uh, listeners just given the headlines. We want to really go into the minutiae with them. And that's what we uh, plan to do over the next few weeks. Sam Westrup, Director, Director of Islamist Watch. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much.